The story of fear <clears throat> from B.J. Palmer's Up From Below the Bottom. To feel is sense. To fear is nonsense. Fear is to sense what paralysis is to function. Fear is normal function perverted. Paralysis is normal organic function perverted. Pain is mental interpretation of abnormal physical conditions external. Fear is mental interpretation of inability of the body to deliver, to fear to do the things one can't do. One does not fear things done. He does not fear things he knows he can do. He fears only things he thinks or knows he can't do. Absence of fear is confidence. Confidence is knowledge of things done. Presence of fear is lack of confidence. Lack of confidence is lack of knowledge of things not able to be done. Things wasn't, hasn't done because he can't, can't because he hasn't the function, hasn't the function because of subluxation, has subluxation because of lack of adjustment. If you're a public speaker, you do not fear to speak in public. If you have given an adjustment, you do not fear to do it. If you have talked with rich, good, high position people, you do not have fear to do so. If you have not done these things, you fear to do them. So I really like this. Carmen showed this to me. Uh, and uh, I really like this in, in one sense. And in the other sense, I, I kind of disagree with BJ. So heavens to Murgatroy. I can't believe I'm saying that. But I actually disagree with BJ in some of these things. Um, because I think it's very important to understand, at least in my opinion, that fear is normal. Um, uh, Everybody is going to have fears. Uh, you're all going to fear OSCEs and you're going to fear boards and you're going to fear your first uh, outpatient adjustment and you're going to fear when you graduate. And I think fear is totally normal. Um, it's what happens to you when you feel fear that is important. That, I think, is the key uh, interpretation in this, is when we look at this, he says, you know, fear is normal function perverted, and I kind of disagree. I think fear is normal. Uh, it's what you do with that fear that is abnormal. You know, when um, uh, there used to be a speaker at DE many, many, many years ago. His name is Ian Grossom. You may know the Grossom Treehouse. He was an amazing DE speaker. Um, and uh, unfortunately, he passed away many, many years ago. Um, and what he used to talk about is something, one of, it's one of my favorite topics uh, that he t discussed. And it's something called the NOOM, N-O-O-M, the NOOM. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a word from uh, a country in Africa. And what the noom is, is he said, uh, I guess he maybe he traveled to Africa and uh, he would talk to people who, uh, some of the more original tribes, who would actually still like hunt. Uh, and he said when they used to hunt, <coughs> oh, I got six people. <laughs> Hi, Victoria. Um, uh, so when they used to hunt, they used to... Uh, you know, before they would hunt, especially the new, uh, you know, people who are going to go on the hunt for the first time, or the inexperienced hunters, they would feel afraid. And if you're afraid, uh, you feel this fear in like your belly. Sometimes people feel fear in their belly, or they feel fear in their chest, or wherever you happen to feel fear. And what the uh, the leaders of the uh, the hunters would say to them, when you feel that fear, what you're going to do is you're going to channel that fear into energy. Right? So he used to say, you feel the noom and channel it into energy. Right? And that's what, how I kind of disagree with BJ in this thing, is he's saying, you know, fear is normal function perverted. I think, no, fear is absolutely normal. I would be afraid if I was going to do something new for the first time. You know, the first time I public, I, I was, I've been public speaking. Thankfully, uh, when I was in high school, my, um, one of my teachers was a debate and speech coach. And believe it or not, I was like the shyest kid in the school. I wanted to be like a wallflower. I just wanted to fit in and not talk. 
<clears throat> and he recognized this in me. His name is Dr. Fleischacker. And um, one day after school, early on in ninth grade, he said, uh, Ruben, you're staying after class. Because it was last class. I was like, oh, what did I do you know, to myself? I didn't do anything wrong. And he said, that he, so everybody leaves and he sits me down and he says, Ruben, uh, you, um, I've decided you're gonna join the debate and speech team. I'm like, <laughs> that's very funny. Uh, not me, uh, you know, <clears throat> I can't even like talk in class, let alone talk to a group. He said, well, I've decided that that's what we're gonna do. And, and I said, well, I appreciate that, and, um, that, but the answer would be no. And he said, well, you don't really have a choice. And I said, what do you mean I have a choice? He said, well, if you don't join this debate and speech team, I'm gonna fail you in this class. And it was AP, my first AP history class. I was like, what, you can't do that? He said, I'm the teacher, I can do anything I want. He said, you either join or you fail. Now, he really couldn't do that. Uh, but, this, but he threatened me. And I remember going to my parents, who had conspired with him, um, and, uh, which, but they didn't let up on that at that moment. And they said, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, if he says he's going to fail you, you better just do what he says. I'm like, I can't believe this. So he made me start doing public speaking. Um, and the first time I was about to do a public speech, first off, I nearly threw up. Because uh, you, you do this in a, you have like a, like a group of all your peers in high school, and we're all doing the same basic kind of a talk. And there's judges in the back, and they'll judge you from one to ten. And I just sat there like this, like not looking at anybody, shaking like a leaf. And you know, I did horribly, but I did it. And then, and this Dr. Fleischacker, I will never uh, forget him. Thank God for him. Uh, he just worked with me every single week. He said, "You're staying after school every single week, and you and me are going to work together. And I'm going to craft you." into a great speaker. And I was like, I don't know why you want to do this. I'm never gonna be a good speaker, but okay. And he worked with me and worked with me and worked with me and worked with me. And by the time I was in a senior in high school, I was fourth place in New York State. So it was unbelievable what he, I, I, I am every day thankful for him because he really took me out of my shell. <clears throat> but, I, but I don't believe what BJ is saying here because I do not believe that the fear I had was, per, was perverted function. The fear I had was paralysis of doing something I didn't know how to do. But he helped me, <clears throat> Dr. Fleischacker helped me become the person I wanted to become because he saw the fear I had, he saw it in me, and then he was able to change me <clears throat> by his leadership, by his role model, by his, his uh, mentoring me. And I think that is so important to understand. So, so yes, I believe fear, uh, it, if you let fear paralyze you, Yes, it is absolutely devastating. Um, but if you let fear st strengthen you, like the noom. So I didn't know the noom when I was in high school, but that's what he used to say. is like, just take that fear and channel it, right? There's a great name of a, a title of a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Right? And so that's what I started doing. I said, I'm just going to do it anyway. When I was in college, um, I knew I wanted to be, this was before I even decided to become a chiropractor. I knew I wanted to go into some health field but I knew I was afraid of, this is crazy, I knew I was afraid of kids with special needs. I was petrified of them. Uh, kids with Down syndrome, my, and, and the reason I think, and I don't know, but I think it's because my parents used to say, you see a kid in a wheelchair, you go on the other side of the street. You see a kid with Down syndrome or something like that, and you don't look at them. And so I think I got this fear because my parents were afraid you know, themselves. I don't, I don't want to blame them, but I remember them specifically saying like, avert your eyes, don't look, walk the other side, turn around, um, whenever we, we encounter this. And I don't, I don't know whatever happened to make that occur. So when I was a, a junior in, at SUNY Albany in New York, 
um, one of my friends was working for uh, the, the Home for the Developmentally Disabled. And she said to me, because um, we, we were both planning on becoming medical doctors at, at that moment, uh, and she said, you know, if you're really going to work with this population, you better, like, train yourself. So you got to work, so I want you, and there's a job opening, and I'm going to vouch for you, and I want you to work at this place where I work. I'm like, no way. I don't want to work. She said, well, how, what happens if you, you know, remember, I'm, I want to be a medical doctor. What happens if you work in a hospital setting, and some, like, some kid comes in, you're going to freak out? Just, feel, just do it. Just face your fear. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went there. I applied. I got the job because Erica was very nice and gave me a, a good recommendation. And once again, I went in that first day, like my throat was dry. I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my God, this, this is a residential home. So there was like 30 you know, people in that home who were in wheelchairs, who had Down syndrome, who had, there was one person that tardive dyskinesia because of uh, overdose of medication. There was uh, kids with autism. It's, it's unbelievable. And, like, and there I am, stuck in the middle of, in a dining room with all these kids. Like, it, it was hard to just face one person with a disability, but now I'm facing 30 disability, but I felt my fear, I did it anyway, and I fell in love with that population. I absolutely fell in love with that population, and now that is my main focus in my practice, right? So the things I want you to think about, the reason I'm mentioning this is because when I was in high school, I had a fear of public speaking, now it's the thing I do. When I was in college, I had a fear of working with special needs kids, of being even near a special needs kid or adult, and now that's what I do. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what is it that you may fear right now? What is it that you may fear right now? Uh, and if it's something that you can reasonably like, look at and say, how can I conquer this fear? That fear might turn into your greatest power later on. And that's what I want you to really think about. Um, so, so thank you, Carmen, for sharing uh, this with us because I think this is a great uh, thing, even though I don't agree with BJ in this, um, I think it was a, it's, a, it's a great thing to understand that we want to feel the fear, we want to feel the noom, we want to feel that nervous energy, and then we want to conquer it. We want to say, I am stronger than this, and whatever this is, I, am, I can get past. So I think that's a super important uh, message uh, to share with you guys uh, today.